Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. LinkedIn is such a great networking uh, platform for a lot of businesses because of that ability to search on the platform that's just not available on other platforms like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or anything like that. Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals, all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Inspiration Rising. Hey, I'm excited for you to listen to this interview today because I believe that you are most likely missing out on the power of LinkedIn to grow your business. Wait, hold on. Do you even have a LinkedIn account that's up to date? Like, do you have a recent picture? Come on now, girlfriend, you better listen to this episode because I have the amazing Andrea Jones, and she is going to break down exactly how you can leverage LinkedIn to stand out and connect with your ideal client or customer. Now, if you're not familiar with Andrea, she's the host of the Savvy Social podcast and the creator of the Savvy Social School. It's a digital platform designed to teach its members, which are predominantly small business owners, how to implement organic social media strategies. She also has a done-for-you service with a team that manages a couple of dozen brands across the globe. So if you want to just say, Andrea, hey, do it for me, she will do that. Now, if you find that this episode is helpful or inspiring to you and your business, will you do me a favor and spread the word? Tell a friend. That is the predominant way in which people find out about Inspiration Rising. We don't have like some mega marketing budget like spreading the word out there. No, no, no. We just assume if you like what you hear, you'll share it with someone else. Take a screenshot on your phone of this episode, post it on social media, tag us, text it to a friend. However you want to get the word out, it would be great. All right, let's jump into this conversation with Andrea Jones. Andrea, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so we're talking about LinkedIn, of which you are an expert. I would suggest that you're an expert. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Dig deep in this to help us all out. Who should be using LinkedIn right now? And the question that a lot of people have in their mind is, isn't this just something that should be used by people who have corporate jobs? 
Yeah. You know, LinkedIn started as this giant resume, right? You would put all of your past job history on there. You'd put your skill set. You even have a cover letter section. And so it did start with that intention. However, today, 2021, as we're using LinkedIn, a lot of people are using it to build their businesses. So that's kind of the approach that I take to teaching LinkedIn. And even if you are um, within a position already, you can still leverage LinkedIn to build your own personal brand. Because oftentimes when you're going to interviews and things like that, they want to see what you've done. They want to see where you're going. Um, so you can use LinkedIn in that way. But in my opinion, the best um, niches that get the most out of LinkedIn are businesses that help other businesses. So B2B typically. Um, and when you're thinking about LinkedIn, it's just such a great networking opportunity because you can search for people by where they work. You can search for people by their specific job title. Um, you can search within different niches. Um, so it's kind of got this uh, search capability that's a little bit different than like platforms <laughs> like Instagram and that sort of thing. Um, and that wasn't, so that wasn't your stomach, was it? That was your dog or your stomach? That was uh, my dog who is typically quite quiet and today decided to be vocal. <laughs> probably, probably Amazon. Amazon just showed up. Right. This is the pandemic life is lots of packages coming and going. <laughs> but, um, you know, LinkedIn is such a great networking uh, platform for a lot of businesses because of that ability to search on the platform that's just not available on other platforms like Facebook or Instagram or YouTube or anything like that. And the search features are primarily for those who upgrade to a paid option. Is that correct? You actually have quite a lot available for in the free option. Um, so you can still search by location. You can still search by job title. You can still search by um, job type. Let's say you want to work with someone who works at Google, for instance. You can see all of the people who have marked that they work at Google. Um, now, you do have some limitations, um, and it really is best if you do have a, a secondary or tertiary connection to that person. Um, but even if you don't, you still see the search results. Um, you can only search, I believe, 100 people at a time. For most of us, that's enough to kind of start the networking process. Um, and there are limitations to how many connections you can make in a day and that sort of thing. Um, but for the average user, um, that's, that's more than enough to kind of leverage the platform and start networking and, and building those relationships with the ideal people. So I know uh, one of the things that I hear from a lot of people that I work with is, man, I haven't been on LinkedIn in forever. I, I, I don't even know what that says in terms of my profile. You know, so if I'm just going back to LinkedIn for the first time in maybe a couple of years to update my profile, what are the steps that you'd suggest to get it in a good place? Yeah, because LinkedIn, when you first sign up with your profile, it puts your job title as your headline. So it will say... David Trotter, um, business strategist, or whatever you whatever you call yourself, which is okay. But oftentimes we have so much more to say than just that sentence. We may want to talk about who we serve. We may want to talk about the transformation that we help them bring. And you've got about 180 characters there. So I say try to use as many of them as possible to talk about how you help 
individuals. Um, you can in include your job title, of course, but um, you can also include other things. Like um, mine right now says I help uh, socially progressive brands make impact on the world through social media marketing. So for me, I could just have social media strategist or I could expand upon that. So typically when we're kind of jumpstarting our LinkedIn strategy for the first time, we're looking at that headline and saying, how can we update that? So if someone lands on our page or sees that headline in the feed, because oftentimes it's the first thing you see when you're looking at a profile, how can you update that portion to really emphasize the impact and transformation that your work brings? Mm -hmm. And just to clarify, that word headline is the word that LinkedIn uses that differentiates it from the about section. Um, so the about section is, I don't know how long is that? Do you have, do you have that offhand? I think it's about 2000 characters in the about section. So it's a lot longer. It's more like your about page on your website or something like that. Um, so that headline is that short little snippet, almost like your tagline of your business that goes up front and center. Um, and then the about section, typically we're expanding upon that. So we may add in, um, you know, how people can reach out to us. We may talk about the types of clients that we work with a little bit deeper. We may add in like testimonials and reviews from some of our clients. Um, so yeah, you can really expand in, in that about section. Uh, but the headline is kind of like a little bit of a, a little appetizer, a little teaser of what you're all about. Sure. I'm, I've got your page open here, uh, your LinkedIn profile. And I like how under the about section, you do expand. You say whether you're looking for consistent social media content to increase customer engagement or to grow a following of potential buyers, I'm here to help you find and connect with your community online. And then you introduce yourself and go on. What I really like here is you say, here are a few ways you can get a sense of what, what working with me is like. And you offer a free course with a light bulb uh, emoji, which is great, catches the eyes, kind of separates the use of emoji is super, not cheesy emojis, right? They're light bulbs. Um, listen to the podcast. You've got a link there and then connect with me on Instagram. Of course, these are not, um, live links. People have to copy and paste them, but it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're making it very easily accessible and I'm seeing three testimonials right underneath. So it's building authority and credibility based on, you know, what you've pitched me on. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you mentioned to, to break it up. I think that that's helpful. Um, I also write mine in first person. Um, that's my personal preference often because um, when people are working with me, whether it's my agency or in my programs, they're typically working with me, even though my team supports me. Um, and so I do have a first person perspective there. Uh, and then, yes, there's not live links, but most people, if they're reading that far, they probably are interested. So I want to give them something, something sure. to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a really great way to just add in a link, especially if you can do something short um, to kind of give them something actionable to do. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about this. I don't know the right name for it, but the the header image, um, the cover image. Um, above your profile image. So there's the profile image and then there's the header image. You have um, promoting your Savvy Social podcast with the icons for Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts, and an awesome photo of you, super smiling, laughing uh, in the mic, super cute. Um, what would you suggest should go in that image for the average person? Yeah, when you're thinking about your 
your business, you want to have kind of the main thing and the first thing that you want people to do when they interact with your brand. Um, For a long time for me, that header image was actually the free course. I was talking about my free course and inviting people to that. Uh, But in the past two years, my podcast has really shown um, as a way for people to get to know me a lot better, especially since we have over 130 episodes. Um, And so for me, I'm really pointing to that podcast. So as a listener, if you're listening to this, um, think about how, what step you want someone to take if they're first interacting with your brand. It's their first moment getting to know you. It's the first time they're looking at your profile. What do you want them to know? Um, and typically, I, I um, recommend looking for some sort of resource for them. So if you have um, something free to offer, if you are a content creator, that's typically a great place to do that. If you are not, you can also kind of position yourself as an authority in this space. So one of my um, clients um, who went through my recent LinkedIn challenge was a Facebook ad specialist. And so she just updated her, her cover photo to include some of the words she couldn't include in her headline. She only had 180 characters. She was really talking about the power of Facebook ads. So she couldn't put everything in that headline. So something she moved into that kind of banner photo. And it was just another way for her to really emphasize the transformation that her work brings. Mm -hmm. One of the other features, and these features, you kind of have to dig for them um, when you're first creating your LinkedIn profile. But one of the other features that I've utilized that I really like is the featured section. And it goes right below the about area. And basically you're just featuring links with, um, uh, an image preview, you know, just like, a the open graph image preview that you would have for Facebook or whatever. Um, but that's a great resource uh, too. And one of the things I've done is I actually say in my header image, 75 plus free tools to grow your business, click the link in the featured section below to get instant access to my curated list. A lot of people don't even know what the featured section is. My hope is that they'll scroll down and see a similar graphic or something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And some of my clients use that space to use their videos. So uh, especially my clients who are speakers will put their speaker reel right there as well. And so if you're networking on LinkedIn with, you know, event coordinators and uh, event production um, folks and having that speaker reel in that section is a powerful way for them to get to know you really quickly. Um, So definitely a really good resource to use. Okay. All super helpful. Now, you know, the thing that we haven't covered is our actual work experience or business experience. We didn't even talk about that, which is, I guess, the whole point of LinkedIn. But uh, so there are these sections down below. Should I put down everything? Should it just be things that are pertinent to what I am doing now? Should it include my high school paper route? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what should I put on this thing? Yeah, you know, I do think a lot of it is personal preference. So I will say that right out the gate. There are some people who don't feel comfortable putting some of their past job history there. And so if you don't, I'm giving you permission to not do that. Okay. Just like on a resume, you don't have to put every single thing. Um, however, I do think it show it tells a story and it shows a history and a path. Um, that is interesting and separates you from other people. So an example for me is I had that I was a director of marketing at my university um, theater club. Is that really that important? 
Probably not. But I think it does give a little bit of background and history into the path that I'm going um, on now, even though that was 10 plus years ago. Um, I have things on there like when I was in high school, I did a I was a children's entertainer birthday parties. I did like Princess Tiana and like dressed up in the SpongeBob costume and did magic tricks and things like that. There's a history there. It's a little bit uh, something different, right? So I personally do like to have that, especially as a personality brand. The thing I want you to really focus on, though, is your most recent job history or career history that really focuses in on the results that you've gotten. So sometimes we talk about what we did in that job. So for instance, if you owned a business um, and that business was a crafting business, you could outline all of the things you did in that business. Like you created certain types of crafts, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, but instead of focusing on what you did, I want to, f- I want you to focus on the results that your business had. So how many customers did you impact? Um, how, how, what was your revenue like? How did you build that? Um, what are some of the tools and features and things that you built there? And how does that speak to what you're currently doing today? I'm really focusing on the results. So An example with mine is I used to work um, in the spa industry at the Marriott Spas. It has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. However, at the time, I was the youngest person on the team. And so I was oftentimes put in charge of the Facebook page. This was like back when Facebook was just a side thing for a lot of businesses. So of course, I'm going to put that in there. And I talked about you know our engagement on that Facebook page and how I kind of jump-started a lot of the things there at the hotel. Um, And so I'm putting in the results that I helped bring to that role, even though I'm in a completely different industry today. Um, So that job section, you want to think about how it it relates to what you're currently doing instead of reflecting on and kind of listing out the things that you've done in the past. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, you know, the whole idea of leaving things off. I actually was a pastor um, for 10 years. Um, 12 years ago, I transitioned out of that. And so I've actually left that off of my LinkedIn, um, even though it does have a degree from a seminary. Um, I guess I just didn't want it to freak people out. You know, sometimes you tell people you're a pastor, either they really like it or they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I just said the F word. Like, so sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) People all of a sudden become apologetic. (laughs) So I've kind of left it out. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm, you got me thinking. I think there's still a way to introduce that past history, especially since I imagine being a pastor would be a lot of teaching and speaking, and you're doing a lot of that now. It's very entrepreneurial. So skills are, yeah, very transferable. Yeah. Uh, plus, it, you kind of seem like a cool guy, like a cool pastor. I see some tattoos. So I feel like, you know, that could be uh, actually a way for people to connect with you instead of repelling away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, something to think about for sure, but it's definitely a personal preference. Mm -hmm. All right. You got me thinking on that. All right. Let's talk about content for a minute. Um, Because now LinkedIn isn't just a place for me to have a brochure about my life, but I actually can post on there like, and I think so many people don't even realize this, that you can post on there um, like a Facebook or Instagram or something of that nature. So what type of content would you suggest that if I were to want to build my brand or start to connect with other businesses in a business to business opportunity, or let's just say I'm a coach or consultant, what type of content would you suggest that I would be creating and placing on LinkedIn? 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. There, This does have the uh, capacity to post content, but I do want to warn a little bit against the frequency before I go into the type of content. Because you can post doesn't mean you have to post every day. And in fact, we see a lot of our clients post once a week or once every other week and get a lot more impact by going deeper with that content instead of increasing the frequency. So whereas something like Facebook or Instagram, you kind of want to post more regularly, you can get away with a, a lot less uh, frequency on LinkedIn. When it comes to the type of content, you really want to focus in on your goal first. So I'll talk about strategy and then I'll talk about a few tactics that are working right now. Uh, when we're thinking about your overall strategy, you want to think about your next step. What is that very next thing that someone needs to do if they interact with your brand? Um, if you want them to book a consultation call as a, as a consultant, then you really want to position yourself as an expert and then give them a reason to reach out to you to book that call. Um, this is what we call promotional type of content. So you're promoting yourself and your services. Um, the other types of content pieces really all come down to engagement. Um, so if you can have someone engage with your post, that's even better. So starting conversations, sharing your posts, tagging their other uh, people that they're connected to into your post. Typically, that kind of content can have a, a vi viral effect and can um, encourage more people to know about you and engage with your brand. So that's kind of an overall strategy if you're going to approach um, LinkedIn posts. Tactically, like what's working right now, text-based posts, so you don't need an image, um, to things that are a little bit longer, something where someone has to click that read more option, typically works well because it's a little signal to LinkedIn that goes, hey, there's something important about this. So much so that someone stopped scrolling, clicked read more, and stayed on this post longer than the other posts around it. Um, some A few other things, like at, if you have a link, putting that link in the comment section instead of in the body of the post itself. Um, and then if you could do any sort of video, specifically video recorded on your mobile device and upload that, LinkedIn really likes that type of content right now. Um, but, you know, going back to the strategy of it all, you really want to make sure that it's either intentioned towards getting someone to take that next step or towards engaging with your post in some way, whether that be liking, commenting, or sharing. And what is the difference between a post and I think they call it an article? Is that right? Yes. So the LinkedIn articles are, it, it's LinkedIn's way of trying to get folks to um, participate in the platform with longer form content. Think of it like blogging. It's very similar to a blog. Um, we've actually seen a decline in attention away from LinkedIn articles in the past year. So a year ago, I was all about LinkedIn articles. Yes, post there. We're seeing that they're almost not showing up as frequently in the feed. And even in Google search, LinkedIn articles used to rank quite high and they're not ranking as high anymore. Um, so if you do have long form content, you can test LinkedIn articles, just knowing that that is a tactic that is kind of, um, doesn't seem to be as favored these days. Um, we're also seeing our clients post those long form posts as just a post instead of an article. Mm -hmm. Um, the difference with articles, though, is if a user is reading articles, LinkedIn does suggest other articles to them. So there is a discoverability factor there. Um, and LinkedIn articles are a little bit easier to share from the user perspective, but it's just not something that users actually have caught on to. Um, so which is why I think LinkedIn is kind of not valuing that content type as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. 
And I assume posting the same post as a post and an article would be frowned upon from your perspective. I would test one or the other. Um, you can share an article. So as soon as you create that article and you hit publish, LinkedIn prompts you to share it to your main feed. So that is a way to kind of share that, that content type. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily suggest posting the exact same type of content in both places. You're essentially competing with yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about this whole idea of connecting with people that you don't know. All right. I get probably maybe once a day, somebody that's connecting with me because that's the LinkedIn word. It's a, if, you, if you're not familiar with LinkedIn, there's a whole different vocabulary on LinkedIn than other places. So they're connecting and I have to receive the connect. Sometimes they'll send a message with the connection, of course. And it ends up feeling like oftentimes pretty spammy with the inbox pitches how can, like, how is it even possible to connect with someone without coming off smelling spammy? I don't want to smell like spam. Yeah. Have you ever, I, have you had fried spam, by the way, Andrea? Um, fried spam. You know, I don't think I've ever had that. Oh my gosh. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's really oh, it's good. good. Maybe because I grew up in, I know you're in Canada. I grew up in the South and the U.S. and we fried a lot of things and fried spam is really good. I'm going to tell you back to the point. I don't want to smell like spam on LinkedIn. I, I personally have quit inboxing people like that at all because I don't like when I just give me some tips here. What do I do? If I were to yeah. inbox you, yeah. this is the better question. If I were to try to connect with you and inbox you to be on your show, not that I'm asking, I'm just, you know, this is just a idea here. Um, <laughs> that's funny. I just thought of that. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. <laughs> what, how would I go about that? What would you respond to? You got to personalize it. You, you got to, it, just think about it like a human connection. So here, I'll, I'll tell you what not to do. Because first. it is. <laughs> it is a human connection. I think we forget that though sometimes. And a lot of us, it comes from a really good place, right? We're like so excited about our thing that we want to share it with everybody. Uh, but we come across as that like little old lady with her trinkets, like, look, look at this. And then people are like, I don't care. <laughs> um, and you know, it happens all the time. I had someone reach out to me. They were from like Wisconsin or Minnesota or something trying to sell me solar panels for my house. And I was like, I don't even live in the same country as you, <laughs> much less. I don't need solar panels for my house. So like it happens all the time and it's mind blowing. Um, but I think for most people, it does come from that genuine place. So if you were to pitch me to be on the podcast, what I always pay attention to is personalization. Um, so for me, that typically comes in the form of like an audio or video message so that I know it's not like a copy and pasted mm -hmm. thing. So this is how I prefer to connect just on any platform. I love doing this on Instagram as well as LinkedIn. But if you're on the mobile app, I'm going to send you a voice message and make sure I say your name, make sure I say something specific. And I don't really do it that often. Um, it's a lot like any sort of networking situation. If you're at a networking event or even if you're like just finding new friends, you just want to be that human and you don't assume that that person's instantly going to become your best friend, right? You don't assume that person is instantly going to become the best client you've ever had. You're just going, hey, 
I saw this thing that you did. I liked it. And I wanted to share that with you. So my, my strategies typically around, uh, revolve around just that human connection piece. And if you can talk about something they posted, even better. So if they've shared something and you comment on that post and then maybe go to their direct message and say, hey, I just wanted to extend what I said in a comment or um, start a side conversation about this or whatever the case may be. Um, and I learned this strategy because someone actually did this to me probably like three or four years ago. Um, and I almost like bought this, this person's coaching package because it was that good. I didn't even realize it was a pitch until after the whole thing. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Uh, they just really, they, they were liking and commenting on my posts. I looked at their profile. I was like, this is exactly the kind of person I was looking for. Um, but isn't I didn't reach that, out to that. That time where you said, oh, but wait a second. Like, does that feel like oh, you've only been liking my post. You've only been commenting. You've only been inboxing me because you wanted to sell me something. Or do we just realize, no, we live in a world where we sell things to each other and we just have to realize that. Like some people get really upset. Like, ah, you're trying to sell me something. It's like, well, yeah, everybody's trying to sell everybody something in some regard. Right. Yeah, that, that thought does cross the mind. Um, but with this person in particular, it didn't end after the pitch. And that's what I really liked about them. Um, and I actually connected with them at, at an event we were both going to. And so it just felt like now I have an internet buddy who I met through LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and so that that's kind of how I prefer to use the platform. Um, it feels kind of like dating. So if you are like on the hunt and you're like on the apps and stuff, like the whole swipe right, I don't, I'm actually... I've aged myself out of this a little bit. I've been married for seven years now. But if you were going to swipe right, swipe left. 26 years. So that didn't even exist back in the day. Just Right. Like, what do we do? Uh, go out to bars? I don't even remember. <laughs> um, but if you were, part of that does feel awkward. And part of that is getting rejected. Um, and I think that's just the part of running a business that most people don't want to feel awkward. They don't want to feel rejected. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel good. Um, however, if we do want to put ourselves out there and build our business, we have to feel a little bit awkward and we have to be okay with getting a little rejected. Mm -hmm. So I do think part of that just goes into LinkedIn networking. Um, but if you keep in mind that you're networking with humans and that most of them won't turn into anything right now, just like if you go to a bar, Pretty much anyone in the bar may not connect with you uh, or go home with you or whatever the case may be. Um, then if you could be okay with that, then I think you open yourself up to the possibility of what could happen. Mm -hmm. So you didn't say this outright, but I'm assuming that unlike a lot of the pitches that I get, that we should not pitch people on the very first message we're sending them. Like we're actually seeking to either connect with them on something they posted or ask them a question or something that feels genuinely relational is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. And some of my best connections were actually collaborations and not necessarily clients. Mm -hmm. So I'll give an example. Um, I love working with podcasters. And for a while, my uh, entire client base was all podcasters. I just wanted to work with all podcasters. 
Um, and oftentimes for the business I'm in, if they're struggling with social media, they're not on social media anyways. So I can't really find them on social media. So for me, finding those collaboration partners is the best way for me to get in front of the right people. So I started looking at podcast editors and producers. And so it was mostly a mutually beneficial connection. I have clients who have podcasts. You have clients who have podcasts. We both service them. Let's see if there's a way we can work together. Um, and so for me, that felt very organic. Now, I reached out to, and I actually did this strategy on Instagram specifically, but it can work on LinkedIn as well. I reached out to, let's say, about 100 people. Only 10 people responded to me, and I did custom voice notes um, for this kind of more aggressive test. I wouldn't suggest doing this all at once. Um, 10 people responded. I only ever got one really good connection from that test. Um, but that person ended up editing my podcast. His name is Travis. He was fantastic. We just connected. We passed clients back and forth. It's been almost three years now. <laughs> and so for me, I'm like, any other sort of rejection in that that period was worth it because I found one person who we really connected. We work together on several projects now. We support each other in our businesses. We're friends. We, we've met in person at conferences. And so for me, I'm like, it. all of the other rejection pieces was worth it just to find that one person who was like a really cool connection. So no, I don't go into the DMs and say, hire me or join my program. It's more like, hey, I noticed we have some things in common. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Okay. So you mentioned that you um, have clients that you provide services to as an agency, but I also know that you have a, uh, a school where you're teaching business owners how to be savvy on social media. See what I did there? Tied it in. Hey. Savvy <laughs> social school. So maybe tell us the difference between your agency and your school and what how people could uh, possibly work with you. Yeah. So um, the agency and the school are actually the same customer. It's typically people who actually don't really like social media that much, but they know they need to use it for their business. Um, So either I can do it for you, depending on the level of your business. And typically you do want to have a business with a healthy revenue before you start paying, you know, thousands of dollars for someone to uh, do it for you. Or I could teach you how to do it yourself. And so the Savvy Social School was born from this idea of teaching other business owners how to do social media for themselves, especially if they don't like it, especially if they log on to LinkedIn and they're like, I don't even know where to click first because there's way too much here. Um, And so I kind of give that step-by-step path for a lot of those business owners and provide coaching and support ongoing. So we have office hours where you can ask questions and we have a Facebook group that is lively group over 170 members uh, where we just support each other um, in this kind of growth of building our businesses. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you also have the Savvy Social podcast. Tell us about who that's for and what they could learn by listening. Yeah, Savvy Social Podcast is like a little bit of a sample platter of things that you can learn in the school. So we talk about all sorts of topics. I interview guests who are also going through their social media journey so you can get multiple perspectives and basically understand different ways you can do things. There's not just one path for everybody, but my goal is to help you figure out which strategy works best for you and your business. Um, So the school is an audio version, uh, or sorry, the, the podcast is an audio version of what's available in the school. 
Awesome. Andrea, one last question. Somebody's listening today and they're going, I hate social media. I just, it just feels so divisive. You've got all these pol- political things and, you know, all this stuff. It just drives me crazy. But I know I need to do it for my business. I'm passionate about my business. What encouragement would you give them? This is something we all struggle with. And I do find that social media, especially for business owners, can feel very heavy. I mean, even in the past 12 months, some of the topics that have been discussed on social media. Do you join in? Do you not? What do you say? Are you going to get canceled? There's, there's a lot of weight to it, honestly. Um, so one of the things I like to teach is almost like a moderation approach to social media. Um, and inside of the school, we teach this like social media mindfulness. Um, we do a lot of like de-stressing <laughs> after a long day on social media. Um, and so it's really just to set yourself up for success create your strategy, but give yourself boundaries. Um, It's very easy to go on LinkedIn, for instance, and scroll all day long and search all day long, but we've got businesses to run. So typically we're giving ourselves a boundary. Like I'm just going to look at LinkedIn for 30 minutes and then I'll try again tomorrow for 30 minutes and that's it. And that can really help a lot of business owners tackle using these tools that frankly are a really great way to grow business, but also come with so many downsides like the negativity and like the kind of stressfulness of just the world that we live in now. So moderate your usage, um, but know that it is a tool that you can absolutely use to grow your business. Awesome. OnlineDrea.com. OnlineDrea.com. We'll have that in the show notes. Of course, that's where everybody can find you. Um, And Instagram, they can find you at... At Online Drea. And I'm at Online Drea everywhere. Um, and I, like I said, I love voice notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, send me a voice note like, hey, listen to Dave Trotter's podcast. I want to talk to you back. So definitely do that. Super fun. Thank you so much, Andrea. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. And if you haven't already, be sure to sign up for Inspo Text. That's our daily inspirational text messages. Just text me right now at 949-401-6090. That's 949-401-6090. Just say, hey, Dave, what's up? You'll get an automated reply with a link where you can add yourself as a contact. And of course, you can always unsubscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity. Mm